All right, cool. Well, um, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Discuss Foundation. Um, we're going to be going over episode four, Barbarians at the Gate. Um, yes, Barbarians at the Gate. As always, I'm your host, Nick, and this is my co-host, uh, Brian. Brian actually is just hey. fresh off of the uh, show floor for Comic-Con, so uh, yeah, it, we got to be super exhausted. How, how was it, man? It was really fun, so I just want to apologize real quick about that because... Um, I saw the walk. I was like, oh, it's like a 15 minute walk from the con to the hotel. I'm good. I can make it. I can make it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that did not happen. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's Comic Con. You have a good excuse. But how was the, how was the con? It was good. It was really good. It was fun. Um, a lot smaller than, than what it normally is. So that was, it is what it is. So there's not yeah. much we could do about that. But you it think was it's a lot of fun. Of, you think it's because of COVID? It's because of COVID and a couple of other things that just kind of happened because there's a lot of uh, capacity restrictions still going on here in the New York. Yeah. And they were kind of smart where they did the um, the capacity and just because there's a lot of like mass mandates, you need to have your COVID vaccine card. So I know that was going to be a hot button issue for like a lot of people. So that, that might have been one where they just kind of backed off a little bit, kept it yeah. low key. Definitely bigger than MegaCon in, in Orlando if yeah. um, any of the lo locals... Um, check that out yeah but no it was a lot of fun uh what did we do because i've been for two days and it blasts uh, funimation is huge here so there's a lot of funimation stuff so anime cool. fans are but yeah no we'll, let's get back to the yeah, foundation yeah. well i was gonna ask did you see any foundation stuff at comic-con anybody wearing racist jacket or anybody like wearing some, not, some weird foundation stuff not yet not yet there was a couple of um there was a couple of uh flyers billboards advertisements for oh, it okay Cool. So that's so it did have a presence there, but not yet. I think it's too early for people to cosplay right. the characters. Like if it was a few more episodes, they'll definitely do it. Um, we yeah. saw one guy from Squid Games, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, so, uh, hopefully next year we start to see a little more like foundation stuff popping up and at at the cons and everything. See a little more. There's a lot of there's a lot of really cool costumes in there, so I can see a lot of like potential yeah. for cool cosplay opportunities and stuff. But yeah, um, especially in this episode too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I want to go ahead and jump into some big news, guys. We have a big announcement today that came through, which is really exciting. Which is um, uh, season two has already been greenlit from Apple. So uh, I was really surprised hearing that news, just because of how expensive the show is, and it doesn't seem like it's gotten that much like um, that much attention so far, as far as like mainstream um, attention. Uh, I think it's just because Apple T it's on Apple TV plus and it's not it's not one of the kind of major streaming networks as of yet but it is it is kind of building out its library but uh, I thought it was a, a pretty cool move that Apple TV had enough confidence in it to just green light it uh, you know only four four episodes into this season I think they can kind of see the potential that we do with it so um, I think that's really yeah. exciting no I'm really excited to hear that and especially with this episode because one of the because one of the things that you talked about it was it doesn't have like the the umph, the the bigness of some of their other shows, because you have C that has Jason Momoa, mm -hmm. uh, The Morning Show, Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston. So a lot of big Obviously Ted Lasso, which has been like yeah, for them too. Swept, yeah. swept the Emmys. So for this show, especially in this episode, because it it starts going in, you didn't have a lot of the big names that you had in the first few episodes. Yeah. So having the doing like that where you not a lot of um unknown actors a lot of actors that are not big names like Lee, like we talked about before lee pace jared harris were the two biggest names from here mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting i'm really yeah it's, i'm really happy for it well guys what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and um we're gonna do kind of our basic overview of our feelings on the episode as far as like 
how good did we think it was? You know, is this one of our favorites kind of thing? We're going to talk a little about our personal uh, attachment to the episode. And then we're going to kind of go into a more in-depth recap of the scenes and stuff that, that, that went on through the episode there. And then um, we're uh, because because I don't know if, if if you feel the same way. I think we talked about it in our first episode um, for for episodes one through three. But uh, they've thrown a lot at us. They've thrown a whole lot yes. of information at us. And this this episode was was no different. There's a lot of there's a lot of new faces thrown at us, new characters, new places, new kind of political stuff happening in the world that we'll definitely yeah. get into when we do our recap. But what I thought what might be beneficial for us as well as anybody listening to that might be feeling a little information overload at this point here is we're going to do a kind of a little character quiz with each other where we're just going to kind of talk about uh, some of the nouns in the foundation. So some people, places, and things and see how well we're retaining some of this information that is just getting thrown at us uh, every second on this show. So I thought that'd be kind of a fun way to do that. And then lastly, we'll go ahead and do our predictions as far as what we think is going to uh becoming in the in the following episodes what do we think uh what do we think based on the information in this episode uh we see going forward so um yeah we'll go ahead and jump into it what did you how what was your kind of basic feeling of this episode did you uh did you really like this one i i think this is my favorite episode um just because you finally get to see a lot of repercussions and the after effects and you get more you delve deeper into the personalities of uh, Cleon. So for that, I really, really love this. So to me, this was one of my favorite episodes. When I watched it this morning, I was impressed with the cinematography, with the acting, with everything about it. And the story, it, I sometimes in Foundations, I've noticed there's is that you get to the point where you're kind of like, okay, nothing's really happening. There's no point in the story. And you get kind of like, you, you trail off a little bit. This episode got me where each beat I was with it. It made sense. And I just loved it. I thought so far, this has been the best episode they've produced and they've made for the series itself. Yeah, I think I think this one, um, I think that's a good point. I think this one, this episode was um, really good at fleshing out character uh, in this one. I felt I felt like uh, we learned a lot more about the characters kind of personalities in this one than we did in the other ones. The other ones were kind of plot uh, mostly. And um, yeah. I did I did get the feeling I, I still think episode three is probably my favorite so far, but I did get okay. the feeling that this was just because this was kind of this felt like a setting the stage episode. It definitely felt like yeah. something where they're kind of setting up pieces that are going to uh, that they're going to, uh, you know, really move in interesting ways in the next few episodes here. So this did kind of feel like a um, it, it was it was great in that we learned more about the characters, but it felt like they're kind of setting up their chess pieces for moves that they're about to do and stuff, too. So. I, I felt kind of anticipation of, of the next episodes. Yeah. 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 And that was, and this was one of the things I liked a lot about it. Um, Cause I, I know we're not going to get into like the, the character or like the episode breakdown and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Is you, you, you saw the personality, like uh, you got to see more of each character and you, it made you, it got you attached to each one in different ways, uh, mm -hmm. different feelings, different emotions for them. Because you start seeing, um, I think it's her name is Sal, the warden of Salvor Harden, the warden. Salvor, thank you. Terminus, I think. Terminus, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to see more of her and how she is as a person, and I really enjoyed the deep dive because the past two episodes they all said like, "Oh, Salvor, who, who who is she? What is she? What makes her so great?" Mm -hmm. And this episode, you don't see what makes her great, but you start seeing like there is something really, really, really great about her. Mm -hmm. And did um, Harry, did Harry, yeah, it is Harry, right? Yeah, did Harry, Harry. predict her 
yeah in his uh psycho history or yeah well, like, yeah psycho. psycho history i think that's the million dollar yeah. question they're trying to set up is whether or not this uh whether or not her existence is something harry accounted for um if he's part of the she's part of the plan or if she's an outlier and she may be damaging his plan i think that's that's what they're trying to set up as kind of the the fulcrum question uh in this episode is is whether or not salvor is being detrimental to the plan of the foundation or if she's the cause of what might make it succeed so it's kind of an all or nothing bet uh in that regard there but uh yeah that's definitely something that they were setting up in this one yeah but yeah, but, yeah we so, can yeah. we can go ahead and jump into the episode here so the episode uh -huh. does open with um with a, a new character a new face that we hadn't seen yes. we, we saw briefly last episode when he was uh, erasing the mural um which I, I i i'm not sure i fully understand the timeline of when that was or or what he was like like if that was this one or if that was like a different you know cleon i have no idea that's that's been kind of one of the hardest things is kind of figuring out which cleons that we're in like what time yeah. period we're in with the cleons and stuff because they don't change so uh it's a tough challenge for the for the filmmakers to kind of portray those in different ways but uh we open with um with the young uh, don young teenage. brother teenage yeah. brother don yeah we open with teenage brother don and he is played by let me see if i can get this uh cassian bilton uh is the teenage brother don again another actor that looks like a young lee pace it's it's really yeah. i really like that they've kind of casted for faces in this um I, sometimes yeah, I don't that's... like that because maybe the actors don't really portray uh, that character that well, but they they really do. He in this one, I just I immediately bought him as like he looks like a younger version of Lee Pace. Yeah, and what was great thing, what was the great with the with the casting is is like you could see that transition. Like you could see the little kid, the teenage, the Lee Pace, and then the older the two older gentlemen as that as him, and it's really unique that they've casted everyone around him and most shows right. like you mentioned they don't really do that they go like okay close enough let's go right we'll, we'll just fix it up in cgi and this one was yeah. you know, they, these guys look like different versions of lee pace yeah they really do look related which is really interesting but it, it opens on them the first the first couple scenes are actually kind of establishing that these uh empire characters these imperial uh clones they have this like skin force field um that is kind of a kinetic barrier so they established that first with brother Don, um, the young teenage uh, Don, I guess, jumping out of a window. So obviously they're setting up that he's going through some either mental or emotional distress, or maybe he's lashing out just because he knows that he would he would be okay anyway. And they set up kind of a subplot with him and the gardener girl that they kind of explore throughout the episode there. And then we also get a scene with um, brother Day. Uh, Lee Pace's character uh, with a, I guess, like imperial concubine coming to, um, I guess, relieve some stress would be a good way to put it, I guess. And uh, <laughs> and she um, she asks him about the force field and he essentially says, like, you know, if you touch it with any kind of force, it's going to repel it. But if you go very slowly and softly, um, you're able to kind of bre like breach his skin force field or whatever uh, that he has. So. They've definitely set that mechanic up as far as like it seems like all of these empire characters are extremely e extremely hard i'm sorry to damage yes uh because they have this this like constant skin force field happening to the point where the kid jumped out of a window from like a really high tower and was and, like fine um i yeah, also didn't like really uh, die or anything like that either yeah that like nothing happened part. Um, what did you think? I, I really liked the production design of the garden. I remember thinking, dude, this garden looks yes. so sick. Like when he jumps, yeah. when he jumps out of the tower. I was like, the garden looks amazing. Like that whole thing. What, 
what I liked about like the two scenes together is just force field, like the intricate design that went into designing because it wasn't like a bland uh, blanket, like solid color. There, it's intricate woven designs into it that makes it unique. And it's kind of you see that you're like that's really really cool. And then it goes more into like the history of it, how it works. But I just love the design of every little aspect of it. And we talked yeah. about this before, like the production value is so unique. The set designers are so they take everything into consideration and the garden, the forest field, it shows that they take the care to go, okay, let's make it a unique experience when you watch it. Yeah. I think watching it, watching this one too, uh, it, it again was uh, just stood out to me in the episode of just like the reason that this feels like a, uh, a, a kind of fully fleshed out world already, even though we're only four episodes in is because of the intricate details that they weave into yeah. the set designs and the production design in this. I really loved, and this kind of brings us into the next scene too. I really loved their thrones in the throne room. I don't know if I didn't notice them in the episodes before, but I really like their yeah. like really geometric, like square thrones and stuff. I just think that's a really cool uh, concept, but that entire throne room looks, looks amazing too. Yeah. Um, there's one thing I noticed that was really unique because we're, as, as we progress, we see them at dinner because, um, I know there's, um, they go to dinner and they're, and they're, um, teenage Don, uh, teenage Don, or, uh, yeah, I'm just calling teenage Don, yeah, teenage we'll Don, teenage when, Don. when everyone's picking up the glass, you see brother day and, and brother dust picking up the glass, they're picking up right-handed at the same time. Mm -hmm. And teenage Don's goes instinctively with his left hand. And then he has to correct himself to his right hand. Yeah. Yeah, it and seems like he's naturally rebellious or something. Like he has, there's something different about him. Yeah, so it, like it's unique things like that that you kind of see how they start separating. And this is the episode, like this is a scene where Lee Pace earns everything. Like he earns any accolades because his acting has changed from each interpretation of the character that he plays mm -hmm. and ver or generation of the character. He completely different acting completely different everything like he yeah. changed mannerisms facial expressions and that's what got me in that scene as well because you got to see them talk about um how brother dusk his actions were the reasons for these things and you see completely different acting for all the characters yeah but i really did enjoy that and it's like ooh. yeah so i so we we when we're in that throne room apparently so he was with his concubine he gets called away by Demerzel. um i'm, I'm yeah. trying I'm, I'm i'm trying to say all the names so that i can kind of like get them in my head so Demerzel comes uh to interrupt his uh his his activities that he's doing with the with the girl there and she um she says that he's needed in the throne room he goes in there's some kind of um delegate there that essentially tells them what i got from it is like there's like a pope kind of figure a religious leader that had died and that the next one up of this kind of uh this this yeah, large man. religious leader it turns out that it's somebody that uh that believes in some pretty dogmatic things about yeah. the uh, imperial cloning and says that because they are clones that they don't have souls and that kind of le leads into that dinner conversation that you were referring to with lee pace but um yeah, yeah that whole uh that whole scene it's it's kind of setting up that that um the the effects of Harry's predictions seem to be going in uh, in that direction, and it seems to be really rattling the imperial uh, the empire, I guess. Yeah, because um, Harry's prediction needed two elements to kickstart it. It needed the religion mm -hmm. issue and a violent insurrection. And right now, they have the religious issue popping up, and the violent insurrection insurrection 
is kind of foreshadowed mm-hmm. in the previous episodes, especially after the Starlight Bridge got blown up. You you start seeing like that type of uprising, and you'd be like, okay, is that the violent insurrection, or is there something else, something bigger that could yeah, possibly yeah. be the catalyst? Right, but it's it's definitely seeming like uh, these kind of things are fitting into place. So, um, so yeah, they they bring the um, they they go to they go to the dinner and stuff and uh he that's where he has the conversation with and pretty much tells them that because we're clones they think we don't have a soul and you can see the kids kind of rattled by that um the uh teenage dawn seems to kind of kind of take that to heart i guess so uh you were referencing lee pace's performance too and i think this was his strongest episode as far as his his character and his performance was he really went through the entire gamut of emotions throughout the episode and and was like super just intense um throughout this whole thing but really commanding presence yeah and um because in all that scene because there's like three main scenes in that because you have the throne room um you have the dinner and then brother dave calls in the statisticians that have been working on the psychohistory for 35 years Mm -hmm. and that scene where he just rips into him berates him belittles them yeah was so like i felt like holy crap like yeah. i was in that room i was like oh god i'm glad he's not yelling at me he yelled the guy to death i know <laughs> yeah. like how 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 like gangster is that he yelled a guy to die to death which was pretty insane and it was and it, no one cared and that was the crazy thing like he literally falls face forward dead and yeah yeah was like okay we're up we're, yeah. we're done we're up. it's like he knew he was gonna do that he's just like i could i'm gonna scream this guy to death that's, that's yeah. kind of some kind of superpower we, we have they haven't revealed yet i guess he could just yell people to death um but yeah, yeah i felt i felt it too i was just like oh my god like he is uh yeah he just he just chews up all these scenes that he's in he does such a, a fantastic job but um again at that dinner where uh earlier before that at the dinner where he's talking to teenage dawn about the cloning and stuff there's another yeah. subplot that that rears its head which is that this brother day has a pretty intense resentment for brother dusk so yes. he um so brother dusk immediately once the um once they find out that the religious leader uh there, there seems to be kind of a dogmatic zealot that seems to be yeah the next taking over the next proxima yeah um on he no says man, he says no i'm man. gonna go to the conclave which i'm assuming is the the kind of yeah the um headquarters i guess of that that uh religious leader to to kind of be there in person because um this seems like a very delicate situation right yeah so, and he mentions that he was there for the first to get the successor elected when before they passed away he's like right. okay well i'll get this one selected i believe it was ifa that they were gonna help do it if uh i i'm not sure if she's the if, one that's uh, the, is, competitor is she the, she's the is she the she's, competitor right yeah she's the competitor right right okay yeah so um they uh essentially he says i'm going to go to the conclave and, and take care of this but you can definitely tell that there's like a really growing resentment uh or, or not growing i think it's just been there for a, for a really long time of the decisions made from from brother dusk when he was brother day and how this brother day is having to kind of clean up that mess so they're definitely kind of referencing that um so then the episode kind of jumps to uh back to where the episode ended last uh episode which is on terminus with salvo harden at arrow point um kind of trying to talk her way out of uh out of getting killed or getting shot by the anacreans yeah 
Um, so the Anacreans are kind of holding her at arrow point, and she's kind of pleading and, and kind of trying to figure out why they're there. She's still kind of stumbled upon them. Um, yeah. She was also, if you remember from last episode, she was chasing like a kid into there. So she yeah. was having these kind of visions of a kid, which also rear its head in this episode as well. And I, I have a theory about the kid. Um, do you want me to say it now or do you want me to say it later? Yeah, we can say, say it later because I, I, ha I have a yes. theory too, and we may have the same theory too. So uh, when we get to the, I, I think when we get later in yeah, the episode where where um, she's driving, uh, we could probably yeah, I know exactly where we're then. going. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, she's with uh, the Anacreans. They say that they are looking for a navigation module. Um, at that ship, the the main yep. ship that they got there, and then they stripped for parts. They're looking for a navigation module. We don't really yeah, know for sure said, if that's really what they're looking for, but that's what they say they are to her. Yeah, because they say that they're scrappers, and they're like, "Oh, we're scrappers. We're looking for the navigation module." And right. this is where this is where I really love um, um, Selva Harden. She because that's where she goes. Like, you guys are not scrappers. You would have already known that by now. This ship has been crashed for thirty five years. Mm -hmm. You would have known that this was this was already been been scrapped so right. what's up and they yeah. still say no, no we're looking for the navigation module so that's where i start like okay i love her she is awesome she is really cool and i like that she's just like so blunt and to the point like she she's she's not tapped she's not like uh tiptoeing around anything no tact yeah she's just like she's trying to she's just trying to figure out what's going on and she's not she's not mincing words or anything she's just being like completely blunt about it and that's kind of been her character so far which is which is kind of refreshing too um also the girl that plays uh the uh, i want to say keen uh what what's the um the huntress name do you know her uh, I, uh the grand huntress farah keen farah keen yeah so they find this out later that, that that's who she is but um the girl that plays i thought she did a really good job in this episode too farah keen did salvo harden says that she can't um she can't help them essentially and then she threatens yeah, them with the, the kids field. and she says like we'll, we'll we'll get the kids to help us we need to get to this certain tower and then they say that we saw you fixing the force fields earlier so you're the perfect person for us to kind of take hostage to get to the tower um, yeah and she's like oh disable it and that's where she's like no i can't i can only take one of you guys mm -hmm. with me at a time because it's dna locked right and this is where i think the episode starts hitting its stride perfectly so uh, Salvark brings uh, Farrah with her. They get into the ship, and as they're driving, uh, Salvark goes, I know what to do. Swerves, drives directly towards the vault, mm -hmm. and Farrah passes out. And from there on, that from that scene, it was just perfect. I think it hit its stride, and this is this these next few parts is why the episode to me is wonderful. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. Should should we save should we save our predictions for what the the ghost kid is towards the end? Maybe Do you want to uh, just save then. Yeah, we'll say it then. We'll say it after the episode because we'll, I think because we'll, I think yeah. that's gonna that's gonna be something that that would be good for the prediction uh, portion of this is kind of like what we think yeah. are, are of those things. Um, so yeah, she she's taken hostage. She has to hold on to one of them, um, which she says. I, I guess I I guess uh, what I wanted to say too earlier was when she's on the ship and she's being held hostage, I did find it kind of convenient that they they kind of happen upon her and then they 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 know that she's the warden or like they know that she's the one that's been fixing the things too like they've been like spying yeah. on her too so they're like oh you're the one person that can actually help us get through this force field how convenient for you to just kind of like run up on us like this yeah it, it's it's just like the the uh it, 
it, I know there's a certain term, there's a, there's a movie term for it, where it's just like, it just a happen, it's a coincidence. It just, yeah, yeah. oh, it just so happens to happen. It's, but it's, it's tough to like, it's tough to, um, it's tough to knock points against coincidences in the show because the show is about determinism. So you never know yeah. if it's a coincidence, if it is just a coincidence or if it's something that was like preordained because of some kind of like mathematical formula that came, you know yeah. what I mean? So like and, when yeah, things feel into, yeah when things feel oh, coincidental sorry, yeah when things feel coincidental it's like as as a as a movie or TV fan I'm like oh well that's convenient but at the same time yeah. it's like well this show is kind of about that so uh, yeah I, yeah. I kind of give it a little more leeway and you see Sauver she's the warning she's always traveling and all that stuff so mm -hmm. it makes sense that she, she gets caught and she was the one that saw the Arankin uh, uh, and a. Uh, and carrying and Nacreans, thank you. Nacreans yeah. ships. That she, she was the one that saw all that stuff. She's the one that. So it makes sense that she was there. And as the episode progresses, like you see when Farrah gets captured and it goes on, and you see the amount of Nacreans there, you're like, oh, how long have they really been there? Mm -hmm. And you start figuring out, like, maybe they were spying on her. Maybe they knew who she was because they knew about the kids, and right. we didn't see the kids for a couple of days. So it's like they've been there for a while to know a lot of the stuff that's been happening yeah so they take uh they take alvor like you said she gets in the car and she's driving and she sees a vision of a little kid in front of her that the um that the fest or the anacreon uh huntress does not see i'm gonna get i'm gonna get her name eventually uh, uh that farakeen does not see so she sees like a vision of a, of a kid that she doesn't see and then she does the awesome move of i'm gonna drive near the null field she doesn't know anything about the null field so it'll knock her out which yep. was super smart so she takes they take her back to her father and her mother and she's kind of talking to her there and then they have this really cool interrogation scene um what were your what did you yes. think about that scene there that scene was amazing um i know i'm using like this is my favorite this is my favorite but that yeah. scene it the intensity that was in there like how intense it was you got to see it when she flips the coin and calls and when she calls it when she calls it and she's flipping it and you see the panic the terror on uh, ferris face growing 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 and it was just it it just nailed it and then uh the thespian her manservant you just see him going like yeah i this is i'm not surprised this is standard for us right now yeah yeah it's uh it was it was it was really interesting the whole the, the coin flip thing and her doing probabilities um it reminded me of gail's prime number counting thing too where it was like it seemed like they're both kind of ha they have this kind of mathematical intuition um it's that, like, like it, they, it, it, it that's what it, it kind of reminded me of at least in that yeah. moment what i don't know if it's a throwaway or a misty from marvel just because of david goyer and his roles in some of the superhero stuff is when they keep telling her hey you're you're bad with math you're bad with math you're bad with math but she's really good with probability and when she did mm -hmm. the coin thing she knew it's 50 percent 25 percent 12 percent x percent like she knew the math right. for that and that is extremely complicated math when you when you enter in like fractions yeah once you get to signs. like the third or fourth one you're like i don't know like she's better at math than i am i'm like you know what i mean like yeah and for sure so for when you see that and it it gravitates to you and you're like okay this is this is good and uh, so yeah that scene was just spot on it it, it freaked her out and it, mm -hmm. it did its job yeah i like that um and i like that 
it was the two women in the room that were kind of going head to head at it. I thought that was really cool. And then the guy was just kind of like that person on the side that kind of just like, like talking her up and going like, yo, she's really good at like reading people and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was, yeah. uh, I thought that was, that was well done. Um, the coin flip thing I thought was really cool. And again, it starts to, um, we've always known that there were special things about Salvor because she was the only one that was able to go near the vault. Um, but they're, yeah. they're introducing more like special things about her. Like she's, there's obviously something extremely different about her, um, that she has some kind of purpose or something in this, uh, because there's very specific things that are happening and, and we'll definitely get to more of that as yeah. it goes on. So they find out that that's the scene where they find out that Farah Keen isn't just a random smuggler, but she is, uh, I don't know if you remember from episode two, but when they came to present presence to the empire, um, the Thespians yeah. presented. I forget what they what artifact they presented. It was um, it was the bow for the of the Grand Hunt. Uh, that the Grand that was the, the Anacreans. I was thinking of the Thespians. What the Thespians yeah, the, brought. Uh, the Thespians brought something, and then the Anacreans brought the Huntress or the the bow of the uh, the best hunter, I guess, of that land. So when she said that word, she said, "Oh, she's the she's the new Huntress of this place." So she's like their top military commander. So why so why are they here just trying to get a nav console and stuff? So it raised a lot of uh, a lot of questions there. Yeah, and uh, Salvo has Salvo. She has the best bullshit meter. Like her bullshit mm -hmm. meter is spot on. And if I ever have to go on like to truth or dare or to tell a lie or anything like i'm bringing her with me yeah no definitely yeah she's got like a superpower for that i don't know why i say truth and, or dare and, like... and, and it's not like it's supernatural intuition like it's super yeah. like they make that pretty clear too as we're, as you're going through the episode is uh when she's when she's intuiting those things about that girl they were extremely specific um and and after she got out what i found was interesting was that uh salvor was like she seemed like physically affected because she could feel like this like black hole of despair coming yeah. out of coming out of her that she wanted to die and stuff so there's some kind of like tel telepathic thing the that clairvoyancy that, right that we've talked about before that there's clairvoyancy that we think that that might be a trait uh, yeah. that these characters have and it's so weird to me that they're that she's kind of ostracized uh with when she has these kind of like abilities you know like uh when whenever they introduce the uh, i think his name's lewis the lewis yes, character lewis. the 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 head of the uh, foundation or whatever you want to call him um whenever they introduce him he's so kind of dismissive of her as like oh you're 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 kind of she's kind of ostracized because she's not part of the plan is what he thinks but it's like i don't know how someone could have that amount of like uh kind of special characteristics and you not think that that she's a part of, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I couldn't really, um, I, I didn't really understand his perspective at all. I just remember thinking like, how do, how do you think that she's not part of uh, something positive for the foundation, which she has all yeah. of these different kind of like supernatural traits that, uh, that seem to be tied to that vault at that, you know, at Terminus. It's, it, I don't know. I, I, I didn't understand him. I don't know if maybe they flesh his character out more in the books and this was kind of just like a, a, a quick version, but I, I didn't really understand his perspective at all. Yeah, I think I think he had to be the character that pretty much said like, yeah, we don't like you here because you weren't part of the plan. Okay, we, we gave you a reason why you weren't part of the plan. Move on. That's He's just kind of introducing conflict. Uh, yeah. Know, pretty, you know. So, um, yeah, they, they uh, essentially leave him to interrogate her while... Um, is it what's the what's her boyfriend's name um it's just manservant <laughs> man no he's got a name hugo i think is his name yeah i think his name is hugo no his name is hugo okay i just know him as manservant 
Yeah, that's I think it's easier to remember. Um, so I mean, yeah, you could be man, my manservant. Yeah, damn, <laughs> manservant and Salvo Harden uh, go to I guess assist with the uh, the the forces that are kind of trying to protect Terminus there. Um, and while she's walking out, something really like weird happens, which is Salvo Harden uh, essentially gets like consciously teleported to uh, the library on Terminus. And, yeah, and uh, she like sees everything for a second and then like falls back out out of it. Yeah, and because she falls back out of it and you you see and this is what I love about the show and we talked about the set design. You see how bright, vibrant uh, Harry Salden's library was and mm -hmm. how you the colors change per location like you see because it was on uh, is it Terminus or Terminix? Mm -hmm. Terminus. Terminus. So you see on Terminus is bleak, it's dark, it's disgusting it's barren but when you get back to i keep butchering um a lot Trantor. Yeah. when you get back to Trantor, Trantor. yeah yeah when you get back to Trantor, it's golden it's bright it's beautiful it's mm -hmm. not it, it's full of hope and i just love that scene because it's the just just the position of both of this ghost that she's seen and what she's really at it's it's nice it's it's very beautifully done and one of the things that we didn't talk about was this episode was directed by Alex Graves, mm -hmm. who was also yeah, the director to... for episode for episode three, which was your favorite episode so far. Right. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, these two have definitely been good. This one, this one, like I said, just feels more like setting up pieces for what's about to happen when they, uh, you know, what's about to happen in the coming episodes, which I think are, I think the pace is going to pick up a lot. And I think there's going to be a lot more consequential stuff that happens um, to your point. I was a really good point about. Um, the Trantor library and when she saw that it was just this very warm inviting like vision of that place yeah. and I think that really goes back to the show as a whole seems to be glorifying the idea of knowledge and and science yeah. and stuff like that so I think that was a very conscious choice in the coloring and all that kind of stuff to make it feel extremely like warm and inviting and contrasted with with Terminus is it's this library it's this big bastion of knowledge and and I think that they're kind of glorifying that that scene um, for that purpose. I think the show as a whole um, is is just trying to glorify knowledge and, and scientific yeah. knowledge uh, specifically. Yeah, and there's one thing that we didn't talk about that happens before the library encounter because mm -hmm. um, I just love that she knew exactly like this is Harry Sullivan's library. Like that was one of the things she's like, yeah, the, I saw the kid in Harry Sullivan's library. Um, but um, when Brother Dust actually goes to leave uh, for Luminous, mm -hmm. Brother Day says, this is the biggest interaction between those two because this is where you get to see Brother Day blame Brother Dusk for these conflicts. And he straight up tells him because the previous Brother uh, Dusk that we that we saw uh, get vaporized when he was Brother... I mean, I mean, it is Brother Dusk, but Brother Darkness. Uh, when we saw Brother Darkness get vaporized, you see Brother Dusk kind of like realizing that he kind of screwed up. And this is where you see Lee Pace true form comes out and just goes if brother dust previous or brother darkness said have mercy don't do this instead you did this mm -hmm. you're the one that caused these problems we don't want you here you are you are the reason why we're going through this you're the reason yeah. why my life is hell right yeah and it's um and and they also you know there's another important key point i, I also we also missed one other scene too that i want to i want to retroactively add into yeah. but um in that interaction too, they also say that there's a policy that the brother Day does never never leaves Trantor. Yep. He's always on Trantor, 
and this is like a huge break in policy for him to uh to dismiss brother dusk uh back home and take over and say he's gonna go take care of it because he doesn't want brother uh dusk who was who was day at the time uh making impulsive terrible decisions and stuff like that and you can see that uh demerzel is kind of torn between the two too she does it's it's essentially like her kids are fighting and she's like yeah he's like guys they've always had peace yeah guys chill out and stuff so and this was some of the foreshadowing that we saw in the table scene because we got to see some breaks in the characters because there's another scene i think i know which one you're talking about um there's another scene where that where brother brother don is left-handed i think he's Mm -hmm. left-handed and then now you see brother dawn and dusk fight or dan does fight over this and there's never peace because you see in the previous ones they've always been in unison and they said oh yeah the cleons are always in unison we're always in unison we're always in unison and this is the first time you see all three of them not in unison doing something yeah. different yeah and i think it might be introducing to oh i mean we'll get into this for the predictions too because i kind of want to do it in that section too um, the the scene that the scene that I was referencing one I want to go back and talk a little more about the Lee Pace killing a man with his voice a scene yeah. I think that was really interesting but also there's the subplot with uh, brother or teenage Don and the girl so he he essentially uh, gets this like master assassin what I think is like a like kind of a master assassin or secret service person for the the Empire um, I forget his name's Olbrecht but I forget what they call him it's like Storm Master or something like that. Uh, Shadow um, Master, Shadow Master Olbrick, uh, who seen that's just a really badass name, by the way. But uh, he, what's your name, Shadow Master? Yeah, he he tasks this person, um, probably he's who's probably very overqualified for this job to just go find out what the name of this girl in the garden is, uh, and and fix this problem. And the whole episode, I'm alluding to like, are they gonna have this girl killed? Like, I'm sitting there thinking like, are they just is he just gonna like kill this girl? Um, yeah, because she yeah. she witnessed him falling out of the window and and the force field. So it's like, oh, it, is she gonna die? Yeah, and uh, she she may be the only one. Um, she may be the only one that kind of knows that there's trouble in paradise. That something's going on with teenage Dawn. That he's not maybe mentally um, or uh, he he's not in in step with his his brothers, and he's not kind of he's uh, something something's up with him, I guess. So yeah. I think I think he's scared that she's you know she's gonna tell or something like that or it's just a vulnerable moment for him. But you can see him kind of contemplating like, how does this happen? Do I kill her? Do I exile her? Like what what goes on or whatever? Yeah, um, I believe it's uh, Bren is the character's name. B W B R I W A N. Bren is the girl, the 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 gardener. Yes. Yeah, okay. I believe that's the gardener. Yeah. So um, he goes to her. Uh, he goes to her in, in a later scene in the episode too, where he um, pretty much says like, "I could have you killed," and she gives him some kind of war- wolf's root or something that yep. uh, that eases his pain, and then he he starts to develop a crush, and that's kind of the whole. They're kind of setting up that he's gotten some kind of um, some yeah, some kind of affection for her. Yeah, because he builds a little dragonfly drone, flies it around, mm-hmm. and she knows that she knows that he's watching her. She just assumes that the dragonfly is kind of unique cool and you see you see the guy that's like they got the name for him kind of like walk around her and you see the panic and terror in his face yeah he's like oh shit, that she was gonna die yeah yeah so it's a unique perspective because then you have like lee pace yelling the man to death right you have brother dusk destroying two civilizations mm-hmm. and you you get to see this different perspective of each one that it builds the characters. It builds Cleon that like this is the first time you see the breaking of it, and 
I want to say another theory that I'm thinking of right now that mm-hmm. the cloning process, I want to say that the, the Android, the, the, the Marcella, the, uh, 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 Demerzel, I think Demerzel. Demerzel. I think Demerzel always is doing something to kind of get retribution against Cleon because you see more of their characteristics being different from each other. And I yeah. want to say that she has a, she has a hand in that. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting theory too, um, and and uh, we can we can kind of dive into that with the predictions too, as far as what I you know, because I, I have a yeah. I have a theory about that. Um, I have a theory about that too, but um, with the 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 scene with the mathematicians where he brings them in and Lee Pace just yeah. like completely chews the scenery in that scene like hundred and fifty percent, but he's essentially saying Harry Seldon stuff is coming true. Um, you guys have had thirty what is it at this point thirty five years to try to like figure out ordinal analysis or whatever uh, yeah. math- mathematical analysis that Harry Seldon was there and, and try to try to disprove it. And they just seem super dismissive of it, but they don't seem like they're taking it seriously. And he's, he's getting uh, very upset about it. So he, yeah, he, he yells a guy to death, which is, which is pretty insane. Um, yeah. Cause you see him like asking like, is it a hundred, was he, was he a hundred percent wrong? Cause he understands math. He understands science. Mm-hmm. He understands laws and theories. And he goes, is, is, could it be disproven? Could Harry Salden's psycho history be disproven? And you see the statues like, no, we we can't disprove it because there's still like a point zero 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 one percent chance that he is correct. And yeah. it's great that you see that in the show because it shows that okay, science is important, science is relevant. Yeah. And the two things that they talk about that will lead to the downfall of science is violence and religion. And that's a unique take on a lot of things that are enemies of science and i that we're not going to get into like those yeah, yeah. but it's you see that the two causes of the downfall of the empire is science and religion or science and violence or religion and violence and it harkens back to the roman empire that like what caused it to fall it was the splintering of the religion with christianity moving the capital from rome to the byzantine empire to constantinople mm-hmm. and then the goths in Goths are busy Goths invading Rome and sacking it. So it, it's, it's you see Roman influence in there, like the history of it. So that's really cool take that they're bringing yeah. that in. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, um, history major coming. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think uh, Asimov wrote this. I want to say in the fifties, right? Um, yeah. So this was definitely informed by like post World War II um, worldview and and stuff like that, as far as. Uh, I think a lot of this was was kind of informed by that uh, that time period. So uh, it's 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 interesting how um, how it still draws so many parallels to the present day. And I think we talked about that yeah. in the last episode too. But this was this was this was I don't know if that's a that's a good thing or that's obviously I don't think it's a good thing at all. But it's uh, it's funny that this kind of post World War II perspective and and, um, and and stuff is so relevant today. You know now and. And like you yeah. said, he's obviously a student of history and understands the whole thing is about kind of patterns of these small events that in hindsight uh, toppled regimes and toppled yeah. all these different things and about how you can potentially draw patterns from that. So it's really cool that the, the historical kind of uh, implications of it. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think it's theory time. Theory time. Yes. So yes. We'll, well, first, let's do a quick little quiz. 
Um, okay. We'll, we'll quiz. I'm gonna feel we'll, miserably. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a quick little quiz and just see. I, I, I doubt. I doubt either of us are probably gonna do too well on this. But, um, but I don't think a lot of viewers would either. I just feel like we're only four episodes in. I think if you have, if you're a viewer that hasn't read the book, I doubt that you would really do well on this kind of stuff anyway. Um, yeah, I think I think what kills us is is that we hear a name once, we don't hear it again for like another like 30, 40 minutes. And by the time we're like, wait, okay, I know this name. And then you hear it like, oh crap, I can't remember it. Yeah, yeah. So the first one I'm gonna ask is actually a place. Do you do you remember um where Gail Dornick is from? Syntax. Synax. 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 Close. It's close, yeah. yeah you, you get the gist. Um yeah. let's see. Uh do you know the oh. name? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to go next? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Hugo. Um, we know that Arachnid. Um, we. Uh, wait. Let me rephrase it. Anacron was one of the planets that got bombed. Which was the second planet that got bombed? The second planet was Thespis. Yep. Yeah, Thespis and Anacron were those two. Um, do you know the name of uh, Harry Seldon's protege? Raish, which leads Raish. me to another theory that I'm going to talk about later. But yeah, yeah Raish. Yeah, ours, me too. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, do you have a, Do you have another like a character or something that? Yep. That I might um, uh, that's another question. Let me come up with a character yeah, yeah. name. Let me come up with a character okay. name. Okay. So, do you know the name of this one's a harder one because I don't think they've said his name too many times. But do you know the name of um, Salvor Hardin's father in the show? Abbas. Abbas. Dang. Okay, I wouldn't have got that one. Uh, that's that's. Pretty, I was going to ask you that question. <laughs> oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, no, no. If you, if uh, I, I got one. If you're, if you're ready. Yeah, go for it. Okay. What is hmm. okay. what is Hugo's trade? Oh, okay. Other than a manservant. I think it, it's trade, right? He's a trader. Yeah, he's a merchant. He's a merchant. Okay, yeah. You're like, what is his trade? I was like, he trades. That's probably I, I think that's I was he hoping does. like like <laughs> yeah, yeah. to like trip you up on that one. Um okay, here's another what is the um what is the Okay, so there's two different names for it. Do you know both names of what the um, type of mathematics that Harry Sheldon is doing is called? I just know the first thing, the psychohistory. Outside of that, that's the only one I remember. Okay, yeah, they call it psychohistory, and then I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but they talk, call it ordin ordinal analysis, I guess is the kind of... Um, yeah, the, what the statisticians like were trying to disprove. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other settings. So what's the name of the main homeworld where the Empire is from? Trantor. Trantor, exactly. Trantor. And what was... Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, what what was the final parting gift that that Brother Day gave to Brother Darkness? Oh, wow. Final parting gift. Um, I don't remember. I have no idea. It was, was, it, was, it, final, was it food or something? Final, Nope, it was the final destruction of the Starlight of the Starlight Bridge. Right, yeah, exactly. When they blow up the Starlight Bridge, that is yep. that is right. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, I I think that that might have cemented a, uh something. Uh, hopefully, hopefully anybody listening or watching did better. Uh, well, I don't I know. We so. we did we did pretty well. I don't think we did too bad. Yeah, I mean, there's a yeah, there's a few ones I was like, oh, 
crap. Yeah, but we no, probably we, really we probably picked easy ones just because that's where we're at, you know. But uh, you did pretty good. So let's go ahead and, and finish out. We'll go ahead and get into some predictions. So we both were kind of chomping at the bit to talk about our race prediction, I guess, that you were talking yes. about. So uh, I'll, I'll let you go first and I'll let you know. I'll see if uh, if, if mine kind of is the same as yours. My prediction is when Sawar has the images of the ghosts, mm -hmm. that is her father, Raish, that she sees. Oh, okay. I think... And, I'm sorry, go ahead. Keep... And this is going to be the one where I'm saying, nope, Race is not... Or Sawar's mother is not Gal. It's the girl that she was talking to at the very, very beginning that's pregnant. Okay. That is the that's gonna be the mother because she asked her who's the father. She goes, I don't need to tell you. And because she said I didn't need to tell you, she knew that if she tell her that it was race, it would break her heart. Right. That makes sense. Okay, I can see that. I um I was with you on the first part. Uh I'm not saying I'm not with you on the second part, but as for, I didn't click with me in the first one, but I think the kid is race. I think that makes the most sense. So yeah. the kid that she's seeing is race, and somehow I think that she's entering Harry's perspective. So when she's doing these things mm -hmm. and she's seeing these things, I think she's like inhabiting his consciousness. And I think that's going to play a role um, in the, in the future, as far as her, her, her ability to kind of interact with these things is because she um, somehow is communicating with Harry's consciousness yeah. uh, because a lot of the, because how, who else, how else do you see that vision in that library with him running around? The only person yeah. that was, what he was with was, he was adopted by Harry. So I don't know. It makes sense. And one of the things I've noticed with the show is you don't see a lot of visual images, like picture books, pictures, visuals of what Trantor looked like, pictures of what other places look like. Mm -hmm. And she instantly knew that it was Harry Sullivan's library. Like she knew right away that's Harry Sullivan's right. library. And to me, I, I, I like your, I like where you're going that it's his perspective. And it might be that she might have a connection to Harry Sullivan. Like she might mm -hmm. be, a clone or a hybrid clone or a something that will help keep things alive. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it's unique because they keep the cloning process so tight lipped and you start, and my theory is you start seeing the flaws from the Dramazel mm -hmm. doing them onto the, the current Cleons that I think that they got a hold of that cloning technology. And that could be a hybrid clone of like Raish, uh, Harry Salden, um, and different things. Yeah um yeah no i i completely agree with that as far as the um i'm trying to think what we were talking about where i said we should save it for later for as far as demerzel is concerned do you remember what it was that we were waiting on it's the uh, the the android thing where or where she had to split herself oh. between like have to pick who she wants to protect the brothers the issues with the cloning that she might remember be behind the cloning and yeah it could be like the long con that she was waiting for enough time to pass that her influence is key that whatever she says is as if it's coming from the mouth of the emperor mm -hmm. i think she was finally able to garner enough influence to get her revenge for her people because they've always told her you're the last of your kind you're the last of your kind you're the last of your kind yeah no i yeah i can i can definitely see that she's i think and i think we talked about this in the first one too even in the first couple episodes i said she's gonna be like a, a super super consequential character down yeah. the road um, I think I think her character is going to be like insanely consequential. So there's a couple things that jumped out at me regarding her character, which is like you said, they're 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 obviously introducing that there's some kind of differences that are going on with Teenage Dawn. 
he we already saw him like destroying the mural in another flashback and stuff like that this might be the same dawn in this one like later on um and also uh he, like you said he's left-handed he seems to be like whenever they gave condolences to the proxima person he was off sync with them and he didn't like he wasn't in sync at all so there seems to be yeah. some kind of split happening. I think where we disagree is I don't I don't I'm I'm not I'm not sold that Demerzel's behind it. I think what it might be is like there there's there's a natural kind of damage that's occurring generation to generation with these. Um and I see her more as a tragic figure that's like the mother that has to watch her kids die over and over again. And I see like um so my prediction is that I think that just naturally through the cloning process, mm. there's some damage that's slowly occurring and slowly changing yeah. and it's, it's, it's damaging these kids. And that, um, I, I don't think it's any kind of nefarious thing that she's necessarily okay. doing, but they are setting up. I can totally see where you're coming from. Cause they are setting up that, um, she was, she's obviously extremely like her people were wiped out or her, um, I, I don't want to say people, I guess people. Yeah. That's the best way to put it, but her people were wiped out um in some kind of ai Can we say wars people is, is that pg enough like i know they're androids <laughs> yeah. but like yeah yeah i yeah i think we can be progressive and say they're people i guess okay. um, um but no, something ahead. that you brought up but you brought up but like i do agree with you on this it's you um and i, I might have to re i might have to take back my my theory about her being involved is you don't see her so much involved with don's life like you don't see him go to her he doesn't go to her for advice Mm -hmm. He went to somebody else for advice. He went to somebody else who's like, hey, the gardener says that this is wolf, wolf bane or wolf bite or night wolf. Um, eat it. Yeah. She eats it after she told him what it was. And beforehand, you would see them go to her. You see Day go right. to her. Dusk, like she was always their confidant. This was the first time you you didn't see one of the Cleons go to her for, as for advice yeah. for and things like that yeah that's a really good point because she went to she went to shadow master albrecht and she went to um the like you said the gardener to ask about that stuff and yeah in past episodes and i'm thinking about it they would have she she's at their disposal for everything so obviously she's she may be losing influence with him because of maybe some genetic differences that are that are manifesting yeah. themselves in, in, the, in the line and they're not feeling as connected to her um there um the uh so yeah I, I i can totally see either way i think eileen more i think when they uh because in episode three they really set up how tragic of a figure she is uh, it was yeah. really i i really empathize for her a lot because it felt like you have to raise your kid and then literally watch them die over and over again and i was just like that's like yeah. a horrible like existence you know uh just yeah, constantly see that happen over and over again and with the current with the current um brother day when she got hit 35 years before with by the piece of shrapnel mm -hmm. you saw him there with her throughout the entire process how she revealed like yes i am an android and she healed her shoulder as i show me here yeah, yeah. healing my shoulder but you got to see that that there's connection there mm -hmm. and now he almost kills himself the only person that knows about it is the gardener yeah and that's right. it and beforehand yeah. she would know about it she so yeah i i think i need to take back my thing about the about her being evil and find the revolution and go more with yours that yeah. the process is flawed after time because you're just recloning the same cells over and over and there's degradation right. of the cells yeah and i think when you get to this amount of line the different lines of cleons you start to see cracks in those in those um in those things there it's not as perfect as it was before but 
Um, real quick too, there was two other things that occurred in the episode that I was going to lead into what we think of the next episode is going to be. So the, the one thing yeah. is uh, Brother Dusk, who was relegated back to Tantor or Trantor, um, he calls in some some like special agent and says, hey, we've got blackouts in Terminus. You need to go investigate. So obviously this next episode is going to have him because they have jump drive technology. So he's going to be there in an instant um, to investigate why that uh, that relay. And he also said the foundation has been dark on us. Make sure to go and remind them uh, that they need to uh, they need to be informing the empire of things. So that's definitely going to rear its head yeah. either, you know, if not in the next episode the one after because the reason why I think it might not be the next episode that that comes up is because of the final sequence, which we finally see Gail Dornick um, and she's floating yep. in space. And obviously there's a ship there that is, that is getting her. So she's not just floating aimlessly in space. Something found her and um, she's going to be entering the ship there. So I really feel like the next episode is going to be really her story as far as what yeah. happens when she gets out. And real quick, cause I know we mm -hmm. got to wrap it up. Yeah. Who do you think, picture up oh i don't think we know i i think um i think my theory my theory when she first left was that it was the anacreans I, and yeah. i probably still think that i still um i think i still i still think that that's probably the case if it's not them i think it's something we haven't been introduced to yet so it's yeah. either some characters or something that they're going to introduce to us next episode okay. but i think if it's somebody we know i think the anacreans make the most sense for me because then it would explain if Gail Dornick has given them some kind of knowledge, it would explain why they're all of a sudden on Terminus and they're, they're yeah. giving some bullshit about using a nav, re, you know, a nav thing. I think that would make the most sense. So that's where I'm leaning, oh, yeah. but I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I got to agree with you on that one. I think it's the Anacrons. It just yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if it's not them, I think it's going to be somebody, somebody new, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I think the next one's going to be really uh, interesting to see with Gail. It also is setting up that the next episode, cause they said, yes. like, I think when the cannons were pointed at the force field, they said, this is where the fall started or whatever. So yeah, there's obviously going to gonna... be something very noteworthy and big and probably uh, destructive that occurs on Terminus in the next episode. So I'm really interested to see kind of how that all plays out. Yeah, same here. I'm really interested to see how it goes. Awesome. Well, um, this one was a lot of fun. Uh, guys, if you guys like the um, this this kind of podcast format, make sure to follow us on Twitch here. Um, you can also yep. follow me at NDG1221 on Twitter as well. I post uh, when we're going live for those. But yeah, talk about your watch parties. Yes. So um, we, I host a, if anybody's into movies and, and stuff, I host a weekly watch party on my channel. It's youtube.com slash the distract. In the next few hours, we'll find out which one we're watching. But we're going to be watching that on Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So if anyone wants to join in on that, you can do that. I also write uh, movie reviews on the dismedia.com. Yep. So you can always check that out as well. And um, do you have anything coming up? Do you write anything for Geeks Worldwide? You just find me on Geeks Worldwide. I am Brian Villar. You could uh, find me there, uh, Coin Out Brian. I write some reviews right now. Uh, did a review for the DC Presents, DC Horror Presents uh, Soul Plumber. It was written by the guys that did that do the last podcast on the left. Really unique book. I highly recommend it. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, I want to thank you like being able to come on. I know you did Comic-Con yeah. and it's crazy and you were able to make it and do this stuff. But guys, we yeah. will be here same time next Friday for episode five. We're really looking forward to it. So uh, about 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, same time, uh, same place. Right. Look forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, enjoy or respect and enjoy the peace, right? <laughs>